the last really good meal I had at a restaurant, especially in the States, that wasn't that one, that specific one in KC. Um, mm. And I don't know, we got this this place up in Denver called Twin Peaks. You ever been to Twin Peaks, Mark? The David Lynch TV show? Who killed Palmer? No, it's it's basically Mountain Hooters. Twin Peaks is a, is a play on boobies. Um, yeah, uh, it's, yes, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I get jokes. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, tw- it's Twin Peaks. It's, I, I don't remember what is Their catch line is something, uh, like, gross and nasty, like, good food with scenic views. I'm like, okay, this is great. You guys are terrible people. Um, but I do, re- I do remember that it was pretty decent food, and they had, like, the single largest chicken fried steak I've ever eaten. Like, I'm talking okay. turkey platter-sized, flattened-out chicken fried steak. It over overshadowed okay. my plate okay. by, like, oh, a good two and a half, almost three inches on each edge of the plate and just, like, annihilated in fucking chicken gravy. And damn if it wasn't... Okay. I mean, it was flat as all hell, which it's like a good chicken fried steak should be, and it was crispy, and I was just like, mm-hmm. okay. I don't know. I, the only... The one thing that's, that detracted me, other than the fact that the... The, the waitress that was there, the, the whole reason I went to go and see them was in, it's a friend of mine's ex-girlfriend and, and she was one of those late bloomers in high school, but she wasn't hot until like the last two weeks of senior year. And then all of a sudden it was just like, holy shit, you went from like a seven. No, you went from like a, like a four ish to like a 12. Sorry. I'm like, wait, seven's way too high. Oh my like God. You took your glasses off and now you're beautiful. Yeah. No, it seriously felt like that. At By this high point. school movie rules. Um, but the shittiest part was we go to see her and she's not even there. And so we get like, okay, okay. We get this just like pasty ass Hunter S Thompson looking motherfucker that is, he's, he's wearing the outfit. Oh, he's wearing, it's like kind of like later hosen, if you will. Cause it's all mountain themed. Um, right, right, right. But super low cut and lots of midriff. And this dude's got a belly button ring and. He's got his little happy trail going on too, and oh, it's just, just so awkward as hell. But he bends over, and I see the world's worst tramp stamp, bud. Oh yeah, what did it say? It said, "Welcome to the Dangle Podcast." Hey, welcome back to the Dangle Podcast. This is your weekly King of the Hill podcast, where I mark and my good buddy Johnny. We take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. We see if it still holds up, and then we slap it on the ass with our patented rating system, but it's a consensual slap, like the kind you give your buddies when you're playing that football or something, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Johnny, let's talk about sexual harassment in the workplace. Yeah, and the best way to do that is episode 233, Cops and Robert. Original air date, May 4th, 2008. Uh, this is written by Dave Schiff. Mark, where did we see Mr. Schiff last? Uh, the sweet smell of excess. You butaned it, and I charkinged it. So mm. he's got high expectations. He does. I remember, like I so said, that's a very watchable episode. It's it's very, like, oh, kind of locked into Texas football culture. I think that's probably why I butaned it, partly. Like, if you're not into college football or just football that much like there's some people that just don't like american football that episode's gonna fall kind of flat but this one this one's Mm -hmm. a good uh redemption for him i think uh our cast of characters this week we have hank peggy and bobby hill dale gribble bill dotrieve boomhauer 
Barry Rollins, Officer Brown. It's our last appearance of Officer Brown, Mark. Stuart Dooley, okay, Clark Peters. This is the last Peters. straw. Yeah, oh yeah. Stuart Dooley, Clark Peters, fucking Carl Moss, and then the Bazoom's manager and waitresses. Um, Barry yeah, Rollins yes. is, uh, he's voiced, he's our guest star this week, and he is voiced by Scott Clace. We've seen him a bunch of times in King of the Hill. Um, he's known because of Bosch. Like he's a recurring character on the Amazon show yeah. Bosch. He's so, reoccurring at this point. He's our new. Um, he is. Oh my god! I always forget his name. Our new big, uh, big principal. Gym. Va- yeah, principal vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can just can't think of his name, but yeah, <laughs> no he's relation. Our new possibly Scandinavian. Guy. Yes. Um. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, synopsis for this week: Hank Hank mugs a man. Dale is groped by a man, and Bobby becomes the man. Thank you. Thank you very much. I had to find a way to make that work. Uh, A story characters, Hank and Bobby. B story. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, I gotcha. Um, A story characters. No, no, I was clapping. I said, can you hear that? Sorry. Thank you. No, I I see now. Um, A story characters, Hank and Bobby. B story character, kind of, sort of, A subprime one, Dale. Like, it's all really one big A story. We all just, it's just coming at it from three different angles. Um, it, it kind of marries it all in the end here. Uh, let's hop into some notes, bud. Let's talk about that A story. It's three stories, right? So Hank wins another Blue Flame of Valor question mark. Yeah, he did. We had to go back and look because um, I didn't know. I thought the writers were just, I thought, you know, David was just getting shifty on us. Wink, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but we went. I went back and checked. He won his uh, first in Hanky Panky or the part one That's of the right. Debbie arc. That's yep. that's so, right. right before you know, high anxiety. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. It's been two years since I watched that specific <laughs> episode. <laughs> Just about. Honestly, no, don't feel bad, buddy. That's my first note in here, too. Did we miss Hank's first blue flame? It may have happened off camera. Now I feel like a fool. And we're supposed it's to all be right. the experts. Voiced by our own Leons. <laughs> um, so we're still talking about story here. Uh, A sub one. Is Bobby the cop slash narc? This is the weakest plot, and it's only here to tie things together. All right, whatever. And then I'm saying this is the B plot, Dale the Waitress. Okay. This might even be the, like, A prime, because Dale's B plot has the most to say, quote-unquote. It's got the most shit in it instead of Hank just being dumb. Like, okay, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the Dale B plot or whatever we're calling it, is also better written than the Hank A-plot. Okay. I don't know. The well, Hank A-plot is, plot is circumstantial. He just recognizes Homeboy's signature. like, And then he has the plate. He just happens to have the commemorative plate of the fucking tackle on <laughs> the top of this fridge. Next to the only other plate up there is the Dallas Cowboy star. Now, maybe Hank's the type of guy to rotate out, you know, cowboy plates. I've never seen the cowboy plate. Maybe I wasn't looking hard enough. Time to go back and re-retrospectively re-watch. I don't know. Whatever <laughs> my point is, Hank's bit is weak at best, just like Bobby's is weak, but Dale's is stronger. We could almost call this a Dale episode. Almost. Um, and if we do that, then it makes my rating totally change. The soda machines are back in the school, post Bobby Ray. Yep. yep. I I, I noticed that for the first time. Yeah. Um 
and I again, it's just because we're watching them in order, so that's what's going to happen. But fuck you guys. Um, Officer Brown has seen an odyssey. He was a park ranger, then he was a cop, and then he was investigating Hank, and then he tampered with evidence, and now he's busted down to a school resource officer. Um, <laughs> you pretty much called this already, and I was like, no, he wasn't disgraced. And you're like, he's disgraced, and hey, buddy, I apologize. You were correct. Nobody but pedophiles wants to be an SRO. It's always a, the booby prize job. It's basically, as it's like worse than a meter maid almost. And now I'm going to retract that and say, I don't think that SROs are pedophiles. Please don't arrest me in Germany. <laughs> I'm going to autograph your ass with Tom McCain's, uh, or uh, Tom McCain, whatever the hell he says. I looked <laughs> it up. Tom McCain is a brand of shoe. I was curious. Um, <laughs> so I guess by default, I had to learn a thing for this episode. So it makes a good King of the Hill episode. Yeah. Leading to my next point. Is this a good episode? Question mark. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't have a lot to say. It it's kind of schlocky and and sitcommy, right? Oh, the main character sure. committed a crime. He's gonna try and do the big thing and go and and return it. But oh oh, that's only halfway through the episode. There's consequences. Mhm. Mhm. Like it goes from being a '90s sitcom to a '70s sitcom real fucking fast. It's just not, I don't know. Um, and so then I got a continuity con, and I'm just going to throw it out here now. Okay. Um, but uh, it, it's kind of crucial to the entire episode. So according to his license, Barry lives in a McManorberry. Yeah. Yeah. So Hank goes to his house, and then he is chased by Barry through the streets of McManorberry. What I'm assuming is better than 20 miles. At least 10 miles. At least 10. He's at least being chased at for least. 10 okay. miles in between cities. But probably more than that because Arlen has, uh, what, 100,000 residents? Mm-hmm. So you try and go 10 miles in city streets, and that is a fucking long way to go, like through residential. Okay, I'm not buying it. But then suddenly, suddenly they're going to go to Bazooms in Arlen. Okay, so they're going to teleport. And then as they're teleporting, there's a third teleportation that occurs when Bobby and the cop are coming back from the Whataburger in Arlen and see Hank's truck. Okay. And then they all converge on Bazooms. What I, I like now. Now it's real easy just to say that Barry didn't update his license, but we can tell that Barry's a pussy, and I bet he fucking updates his license like the week before it goes out. Well, like, also, how would Hank know where he lives if he if that's the wrong address on the license? Well, yeah, that's my point. So yeah, yeah, there's no way to go. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't do it. So this episode doesn't make any fucking sense. Interesting. I mean, unless the Bazooms just happens to be on the outskirts of Arlen right next to McMainerberry, and we're going to we're gonna say Rainy Street is on the north end of Arlen, also in that area, and for some reason in between Arlen, or in between Rainy Street and Tom Landry Middle School is where the Bazooms is, or is where the, I don't know, is where the, the Whataburger is. We'll say the Whataburger. And that's that is how, a long way to go for a hamburger. I mean, it is, but it depends. Like, I don't know, man. There, Con was places. about to abduct Bobby and like take him outside of Heimlich County to murder him and dump the fat white lump in the desert. That, like, 
It's yeah. <laughs> there's so much on this that just insi- like it just makes you think about it and shit. And like, okay, so this is 2008 in a really is two very established cities. There's no. Fu- I'm sorry. There's no fucking way. Or 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 sure there is. Um 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 Broomfield to to Thornton is what 20 minutes on the highway. Yeah. Not so, even that. Yeah. But not even that, yeah. So, like, even then, there's no fucking way, like, there's no way that any of this makes any sense. Like, anyway, moving on, because I really spent too much time wrapping my head around that. Cause I'm like, wait, Hank said he lived in McManorbury. McManorbury, Mark. There's Bobby. Wait, there's... Also, why does Barry live in McManorbury? I don't know. Whatever. Um, Give me your notes, buddy. Um... My first one is a question for you. Do you have a favorite restaurant? No, I hate them all. They're all <laughs> gross, and they rely on exploitation to cover up shitty food. Like, okay, I think Hooters is the worst wings in the world. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, not really. Like, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I am a hundred percent backing the idea that like these waitresses are actually in the position of power. Because, you know, same as strippers. But, like, sure, show me boobs. Like, if there were boobs out and the beer was really good, I'm there. Like, okay. the one compounds into the other. But you're using one to gloss over the other. Um, What is it? There's, like, Tilted Kilt, too, I think, in the Springs, which kilt? I have yeah. been told is good, but I've never been. So there are definitely pieces, and I'm not going to tell you which ones they are, but there are definitely pieces to our cold open that are true. And the, the <laughs> one little nugget there is that I will say it is one of the best chicken fried steaks I've ever had. And I was not expecting that out of a restaurant of that reputation. I'm kind of glad that they have. I'm not going to make you endorse out. the strip club you went to. It's all right. <laughs> I've never gone to a strip club. It's it's one of my, my I don't know, failures as a, a cisgendered male. But at the same time, per, I've never really had a desire. Per our episode 24-hour propane people, you're a good guy. It's okay, buddy. Okay. Um, the <laughs> no music worries. playing in the mall, Mark, is Carolina Liars' I'm Not Over. If you go back and listen okay. to it, I can guarantee okay. you'll know. Wow. E- okay. Yeah, I can guarantee you'll know exactly what fucking song it is. Because, uh, like me, I'm sure you heard it about 100 million times growing up. Um, this was huge when you and I were in high school, so I'm not surprised it's in this episode. Very emo. Um, okay. In a growing society of collectibles, Mark, where absolutely everything is limited edition or you have to go and pay three times the price to a scalper in order to even get a chance of something cool, wh- how long do you think it's going to be before one of us buys something that's a fake? Um, like my example here is I, I just sent you a picture just a couple of days ago of mm-hmm. my magic cards that I got. And I know they're legit because they're Ralph Bakshi cards that I got from Wizards of the Coast. Like I had to buy them at a premium and I was there's it's on a list and all sorts of shit like that. So I know that they're authentic, but there's all sorts of shit around there. Like maybe one of these days I want to get a magic card that's got a cool art scheme or something on it or it's, or it's serialized and, and I buy it, and then all of a sudden I find out, oh, yeah, by the way, this is not the one it actually says it is, or this is a total reproduction. You just got ripped off for 100 bucks. Um, wh- I guess the, mo- the better question here is, what do you think you'll get duped on? Because I know we'll eventually, we're eventually going to buy something fake. Um, I know that at some point in my life I will be duped on uh, fossils. Mm. At some point I will just... Okay. 
there there's just going to be that one that's too good to refuse and it's going to be that Jurassic Ammonite with the super cool pearl breakup pattern um okay. and I'm just going to put too much money onto it and it's going to I'm it'll be a fake it'll be something like that um but also to that end like rocks and crystals like go to a, go to a gem shop man they're not fake but like Dude, citrine should never cost more than like two bucks at a gem show, you know. Like, right? People pay a lot of money for it, you know. Or, or to that end, as long as I'm on this tangent, because I'm not to say that I'm, you know, completely reasonable ever. Um, if I were to find like a rhodochrosite orb, like so, you know, something that's been cut into an orb, okay, uh, design. If I could find that in rhodochrosite, I would overpay for that bitch. <laughs> because it's like this really, really pretty, like water, watermelon red iridescent color rock. And I would like put it on my desk and use it literally as a crystal ball. And I would overpay for that shit. I can tell you honestly. Okay. Yeah. I think not to totally like diverge from your point, but that's no, yeah. no, no. Like, well, and I think you, you make a very valid point. There are definitely things that I don't really give a shit if I get duped out of it. If I have it, I, and if I, if it is a fake, I'll never want to know. Um, I, I can almost guarantee that when I actually start getting into collecting cell artwork, like, guys, I haven't had a, a paying job in two years, so I, but pretty much since the inception of this fucking podcast, I've been talking about collecting animation cells, and I've never actually done it because I'm a fucking broke ass that lives off a of sugar mama. However, <laughs> when I actually do start collecting them, I know one of these days I'm going to get, I'm going to get boned. I'm going to get just totally fleeced by somebody and end up with like a, like a scratchy's arm cell of something. And I'll be really upset about it. Um, the... I genuinely worry about that. <laughs> when we were in Kansas City, you showed me how many cells of like, what was it, Beavis and Butthead? And you're like, Beavis and Butthead look at this one. one. It's like, John, it's $400. Yeah, but look at it. It's $400. Yep. Well, and it's, it's, I think my issue is all the research I've done into that specific area has has led me down a bunch of rabbit holes of either you're an art dealer or you're a private collector. And I trust the stuff coming from mm-hmm. art dealers. Like I, I speaking of Bakshi earlier in the episode here, um, he has his own online store where he sells his, his old shit. So I'm like, cool. I, it's your company. It has your fucking name on it. I know what I'm buying from you is legit. If it comes from you um, at the same time, if it's, if it's something like a King of the Hill sell from a private collector, that's on this random third person site. I have no idea. No idea if I'm ever actually going to get something authentic from something like that. You can send me with your, oh, I don't know, certificates of authenticity that you pulled off of a stack, just like the guy in in the episode here, but Mm -hmm. I will probably always be super suspicious of it. But, well, I'm here for you, buddy. I'm here for you the day we get duped. We can just own up to it. I also collect old video game consoles, and that's easy to reproduce Mm. and not make basically dupe somebody into thinking it's a it's a legit thing but at the same time they're also not super duper expensive so <laughs> um whoa so good genesis <laughs> um mark <laughs> i think that i might like barry better than dale's bounty hunter doppelganger and to I'm, me they're sorry, almost the again. same character so you remember the episode where Dale is a bounty hunter and he has the guy who he's, yes. he's wearing his bounty hunter hat and he's trying to flush him out of his house and he's got the roses and the, the gun is sticking out of the bat or out of the box and shit. 
And the guy looks almost exactly like him. And they, they just, they have their moment together. Mm-hmm. To me, I often get Barry and this guy confused because they seem very similar because Barry turns on this very much taxi driver. I'm going to, to like, I'm the weird, creepy loner dude that probably, probably will blow up a building. Like, he gives me the same vibes as Bounty Hunter, Bounty Hunter guy, but I think I like Barry better. Okay. Um, part of it is because he gets fleshed out a little bit more, but part of it is also because of, of like just the satisfying ending here. I don't know. He's, he's such a weird, like, it's almost like a Dale copycat, right? Him, him, him squirrel tacticking all over the house when he sees Hank there and eventually just like to hell with it. I'm going to get my baseball bat and I'm going to, I'm going to smack him with that and then starts chasing him. I don't know. It's just a note for me. Like I make that connection a lot, I guess in my own brain. And I somehow thought I could telepathically tell you that, hey, you know who this character is. And I like this one better than this one. That's a talking point. I understood <laughs> it. I got it. I, I get what you, I, I, you're good, buddy. Guys, it's, it's I've had a day. Uh, last one. And I'm hoping that, <laughs> I was hoping that you would have this because you are definitely more the de facto country music guy. There is a song that is playing in the bazooms that I swear to God, it's in three separate scenes. It's the same fucking song, and I could not figure out what it was. Um, oh, shit. The guy is talking. It's very country, and it feels very like late 90s, early 2000s style. So Toby Keith or Alan Jackson, something like that. But the guy is singing about the hair of the dog. Like, that's the lyric that the I picked up. The hair of the dog? Yeah, he's like, I'm going to need the hair of the dog or something this and something that. Like, you'll have to go back through and listen to it and let me know if you can figure it out. Because I'm stumped, man. I feel like I let the listeners down. I'm usually the music guy. You know, you can't be perfect all the time. I'm looking it up right now on IMDb. I'm curious. Mm. Uh... That's a smart place to look that I didn't even think to look for this. <laughs> Yeah, but you're also still taking, like, fucking... <laughs> you're still using the, uh, the wiki, too. I am still using the wiki. <laughs> and it's been proven that, like, the wiki is, like, super shitty. Yeah. So I'm not seeing any listed soundtrack songs, so I don't... It might just be they cut together something interesting well should you uh come across this episode again let me know if you uh recognize it that'll be something for you to look out for in the meantime give me your pros man if you search cops and robert in wikipedia it comes up with robert copland (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) i'm sorry pros um i know i bitched about it but hank knows what that dude's signature looks like i like that i that is plausible if he has the team committed to memory like it is a very hank you know, thing yeah 100 percent hankish thing um god i forget the thing some tv show where somebody bought a super bowl ring and it was mm. a fake or okay. something and because they said they bought it off a towel boy or some shit and it's like bullshit that team didn't w- that wasn't the towel boy the year that this team won i couldn't remember it but i thought about that more this episode than i thought about watching this episode uh <laughs> that's my favorite moment and then this is a really passable dale episode it's a good dale episode 
Um, yeah. It's got it's a much better Dale, Dale Con vehicle. written all over it. Yes, 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 it is. Um, and I guess this is like the other side of like Dreamweaver where we saw a little bit too much of Dale. And I think that's kind of why it got turned off from it. But like, I don't know. Um, I don't have a lot of pros. How about you, buddy? Um, I don't either. And we've actually covered a couple of these already. Um, the first one being that we don't know now why Officer Brown is a school resource officer. He did evidence tampering. Um, yep. Talk about a man who has just been taken down a peg. He sees absolutely no use in being at Tom Landry Middle School. I almost feel bad for him. Um, A pro in here. Bobby thinks he now has pull over the crossing guards and he's going to take down Emily. Oh, Bobby, if you think you're going to be able to take down Emily. Oh, you are sorely, sorely mistaken. Um, I think that this episode demonstrates that Bobby would make a good cop. Like, that would be a decent career for him because he has the right temperament not to exacerbate a situation. He'd be a successful cop if he was. Okay. Other than the physical aspects of that job, I think he would be very good because... What do you want in your cop? Somebody that can explain shit well and keep things calm. And Bobby is very good at that when he needs to. Yeah. Um. So, I, I don't know. I, it was just a weird little, hey, maybe if, if they're still going to push this reboot thing through, that could be a potential job for Bobby. He could be a cop. Um, and I think this is probably the best worst taxi driver adaptation that I've seen in a long time. I'm not a huge fan of the angry shaved headed white man goes on a rampage style of movie like I, I watched Taxi Driver one time didn't care for it I've watched Death Wish once didn't really care for it um you, so tagging in you gotta watch you gotta watch the entire Death Wish series okay yeah I've only seen like, the first one the first one is kinda hard to watch like the first one's kinda you know it's pretty fucking brutal um, but then the second one and then the third one, literally, literally, um, fucking Bronson kills the dude with a bazooka. <laughs> okay. It is, so this is my pitch to you to totally cut you off and hijack your note. Watch Death Wish 3 at least because it's okay. fucking insane. But also watch 2 and like watch the evolution of a character. Anyway, sorry, keep going. No, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm not a huge fan of, of that genre of like gritty, weird seventies film. Um, I'm kind of glad that that doesn't really exist anymore, at least in film form. I wish it didn't exist in real life human form, but yet we still have crazy mass shootings. Um, that's not not revenge porn. That's not, no, 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 that's not, no mass shootings are fucking assholes. Like, no. Fucking the the point of the taxi driver is somebody who's broken under, you know, fucking society and shit and can't take it anymore. Mass shoes are fucking arrogant dickheads. Like, fucking death wish a man's wife and daughter get raped and his wife, like, dies. So he literally fights back against the system. Like, okay, yeah. the system's broken. The system is corrupt. Not this shit. Like, but then that's the problem, too, is that people will watch shit like Death Wish and Taxi Driver and then think that January 6th is a justified move. Shit like this. But then I would also argue, what about Kill Bill? That is 1,000% a revenge. It's a fucking revenge duology, you know? Yeah. Um, There's tons of great revenge movies. Um, 
uh, 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 Blade of the Immortal is a Japanese picture by Takashi Miike. came out like four years ago. Fucking fantastic. So like they can exist and they can be good, but the problem is the society can't process them anymore. Interesting. Sorry, okay. I didn't mean to totally hijack you there, but... No, and I mean, if we're going to look at it just purely from the revenge the revenge aspect, I definitely don't mind those movies because I love Kill Bill, and I'm also a huge John Wick fan. Um, you know what? It's the problem of the Punisher. Yes. The same people that would put the Punisher logo on a thing and think it represents the police are the same people that would take the wrong message from these movies, and that's the problem. Right, right. Versus, but, um, like... No, Frank Castle literally is the only good guy left, and he's not a good guy, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, the long-winded way of me saying that this is a pro here is that Barry is like the worst ever rendition of this character, and it makes me happy because this type of character shouldn't be emulated or idolized. Yes. I'm sorry. I totally I totally cut you off, dude. I, no, I no, I you're good. You're like good. That. No, that was that was like the last of my pros. Um, give me give me some of your cons, and I also I appreciate it, man. I've only watched one Death Wish, so I shouldn't have a say in the whole series if I've only watched one. <laughs> like, you All can't come is... down to the side of vigilante justice either. But yeah. at the same time, like, you know, Rorschach was real problematic, but he still killed pedophiles. So question mark. Um, cons. <laughs> I don't have a lot of these either. I just. I generally didn't like this episode, but I think it's because I thought it was too ambitious for its own good. It jumps okay. around a ton. Like, we start, like, literally, like, so, okay, I think this is my problem, or this is a good place to start. The The opening line is, I got another blue flame of valor. And it's like, okay. at this point, now it's just wrote. I got another one. It's it's Turk and Carla. No one cares about the second baby. No one cares about the second blue flame. So, like, already we're kind of starting off and we're kind of tired. And then okay. we, like, try and mix it up a little bit and we inject a little bit into it. And then we get our B plot. Okay, cool. It's going to be Dale working at Hooters. No, no, it's not. It's going to be Bobby B and a narc. Okay, cool. Okay, interesting. I wonder how we're going to resolve three plot lines, because the last time we did it was um, Texas City Twister, and it was amazing. This, not so much. But, like, I didn't care for this episode, but I also didn't hate it anyway. To my actual cons, um, this is really bad use of Dooley. <laughs> yeah. I'm suspect. Really? Or no, what does it say? I'm a truant? I don't care. It doesn't matter. I hate it. I. It's also, he doesn't say anything up until then. Like, Clark Peters is the one that gets Bobby to throw the can. Like, you know, he throws the I can. Just... He doesn't even get Bobby to throw it. He's the well, one. Yeah, I, I, it. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's the one that gets Bobby in trouble for throwing. Sorry. Yeah. 7 a.m. scotch is not a good idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, like, he, it's it's his doing, you know, whatever. I don't care. But, like, and then Clark Peter or Dooley's only line is, I'm a true one. God, I hate. Fuck you. All right, cool. Fred Willard, 1000% should not be a cop. No, not, not he anymore. He should not be. No, 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 no. I mean, it oh, all. just in I'm general, amazed. he passed. Well, I guess I'm not amazed. This is 2009 before we like took psyched eval seriously. But like just the little bit with like he literally trips on any amount of power, uh, recklessly endangers a minor. And then he's only like he's just not a good cop. Um, no investigation work, like literally sleeping at his desk, tampering with like he's a bad cop, um, between him 
Okay, so here we go. Here we go. This is how you can fix this episode. It's not Officer Brown. It's Officer Soto. Ooh, okay. Mike Soto's dad. Give us an established cop. It'd be cool to see, like, him chilling with Mike Soto's dad, and Mike Soto's dad is just genuinely kind of happy to hang out with the zero-stress Bobby Hill and realize he's a really cool kid. But then, but then, but then, like... Oh shit, I get a help. I get a, like, oh man, I remember when I totally failed to bust that meth lab and they busted me down to the school resource officer. But also, hey, let's throw in some extra continuity there. That's why Mike Soto's dad was there and, like, at judging, because he was the, little shit like this. I don't know. Let's make it better, because it's not better. Anyway, <laughs> talk to me, buddy. Um, So my, my first con here is that just the entire, like, inception of Bobby getting in trouble for this shouldn't have happened um because what's our what's our tale of events here our our sequence of events um brown gets a a can of soda thrown at him bobby's the only one there and goes i didn't do that they did and they ran off well i mean let's see here who's got a more problematic history of of being a shitty kid bobby or dooley or clark peters like okay that's a gimme also, Bobby's still ca- holding a can of completely different soda in his hand. What did he do? Grab it out of another kid's hand and just throw it? Or it's the best possible misdirect. I don't know. I, it is, but like, I don't know. So, like, already I get mad that Bobby gets fingered for this crime that isn't isn't his fault, and I don't like that. Um, I swear, I swear, sometime in the last two seasons, we had a whole moment where the, the Hank said, I will never have breakfast for dinner again. Mm-hmm. Am I imagining that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I called it out as a con. I'm like, why does Hank hate Brenner? Thank you. Thank you. Um, does he not just say, like, now if, and also correct me if I'm wrong here, he's talking about his meal, and he's like, if that's how the Belgians make a waffle, then I haven't been giving them enough credit. Is that not dinner? Am I just completely fucking up the time of day here? Yeah, it's breakfast, isn't it? I thought it was dinner, and that's why I put this in here as a con. Because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I, you just I, talked about shit, it. I don't know. I thought okay. it was breakfast, but yeah. Guys, it's a con if they're eating dinner, and Hank talks about Belgian waffles and how good they are. If it's not, then I'm an idiot, and you can ignore me, and Hank justifiably loves Belgian waffles. Um, Doesn't my he last... say that was good breakfast, Peggy? I don't, I don't know. As I, I just watched this, and I don't remember. <laughs> I just watched this and I don't remember. Um, my last con here is that I've never pulled the birthday trick on you. Like you and I've gone out to eat so many times that I've never fucking done that. Thank and you. I kind of I kind of wish wow. I had one. You're a time. good friend that knows that I panic when people surround me. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I also know that I would enjoy it a lot, especially if I had a couple of drinks in. <laughs> However, I, I've never pulled that on Mark, guys. It's a it's a a, a fault of mine, I guess. Um, Mark, favorite moment? Now, 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 now. Should I ever actually make it out to Germany to see you? I demand to be in at least one, you know, beer house, and, or and like I I demand that you do it at least once to me there. Zoom Geburtstag. Like, yeah, like I want the big titties all about me. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because somehow I feel like the ones in Germany for... are like more into it than the American girls are. Oh yeah, well, your birthday is perfect for 
like authentic old school German ladies in in dirndls and lederhosen. So it's it's just great. Oh, I know it is. Oh, I know it is, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite moment, bud. No uh, favorite moment. What the fuck? Sorry, just a sec. Uh, oh, I put my fucking notebook over. I was like, this is last week's notes. What happened, Johnny? Um, can't let you come in, Bobby. You're 13 years old. If anything were to happen to you, I wouldn't be able to forgive myself for the damage to my reputation. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty... <laughs> like, just because I don't like him as a cop doesn't mean he isn't funny. Um, I only have one here, and it's it's not like a, a real ha-ha-hee-hee moment, but it was definitely one that I I really appreciated the delivery on it, and that's why it makes it here. And it's it's the breaking point for Barry, where he just looks at Hank. At, Hank is on the ground, he's opened the door, he's got his baseball bat, and just screams, Wanna come in for a beer? Mm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, okay, now we have some some twist here. But he's like, he's animated like a legitimate fucking crazy person. And the guy is acting his heart out there because I genuinely believe it. Like, yep, this dude is snapped. This is, some someone's getting fucking shot up today. That's what's happening. But, okay. yeah, that's, I don't know, there's not a lot of favorite moments. This episode is, eh, I don't know, I. Not that good. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Sorry, worse, but... but I, I, but I definitely have seen better. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, so here we are. Do you want to break down the rating system for the good people? I do. Oh, excuse me, guys. I'm yawning. It's a little bit later in the afternoon here. Cause I got daylight savings before you. Um, at the very bottom of our rating scale, we have a charcoal episode. This is a failure of an episode. It doesn't represent King of the Hill. It doesn't represent very good TV at all. You might watch it one time on your initial run through, but you're never coming back to it because it's just not a fun episode at all. Above that, we have our Megalo rating. And a Megalo rating, you wish it, it felt so good, but it really doesn't. It's one step above a charcoal, and I really mean it. Um, a Megalo... <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, a megalo no, I like has... that. that. Dude, fucking fresh. No, you know what? Fucking whatever this is, a hundred and whatever episodes in, and you're still <laughs> dropping like fresh ratings instead of me going, it's a turd, but in that turd is shiny nuggets of corn. But I'm proud of you. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, our megalo episodes have little tiny pieces of goodness in them somewhere, but for the most part, they just kind of suck the soul out of you, like the megalo marts. Um, really. Megalo episodes are, they're not remember, like they're not memorable. You're not going to seek them out. Um, you're definitely not going to, not going to make that one your favorite episode, but who knows? Maybe there's a cool guest star in it that you're like, oh shit, it's this one. After that, you got your butane. Butane episodes are bastards because you love to hate them and you hate to love them. They are your middle of the road, everyday King of the Hill episodes. They're not great, but they're not terrible. They represent what this show is, but they also kind of drop the ball on places that it could be. Butane's, they're a dime a dozen. There's a lot of them out there. It's watchable TV. After that, you have the exceptional episodes of King of the Hill. First off being the Char King. A Char King episode is one that, that signifies the best and brightest that King of the Hill has to offer. It's got great characters, great stories, great guest stars. It takes a classic sitcom trope and reinvents it a little bit. 
If Mark and I both agree that an episode's a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. The Char King Imperials are probably the, and arguably the best episodes of King of the Hill that you just need a little bit of context to fully appreciate to its maximum extent. After that, you, you can only go high, one more higher, and that is the Blue Flame of Valor. A Blue Flame of Valor episode is not just a perfect episode of King of the Hill, but it's a perfect episode of TV. It's very ind indicative of what TV was was like in its heyday of King of the Hill. This is the type of, type of episode that's going to get you invested into this and what you're going to show to other people to tell them why you enjoy watching this show so much. So, Mark, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame, what did you give Cops and Robert? I gave it a butane. It's fine. It's ambitious. It does try to do something cool with multiple storylines culminating at once. I always like that. Um, okay. It's not a good episode, but it's also not bad. It's not one that I'm going to turn off. If it's on at 2 in the morning, I'll watch it. And shit, I might put it on, but like, you know, I, there's others that I'll watch before this one. How about you, buddy? Yeah. I I'm also going to uh, put put this on, but it's, I'm not going to put it on for the Hank story. I'm putting it on for the Dale story. Uh, I also gave this a butane, buddy, so hit that sound effect for me. Tutane. My dad um, says butane, 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 butane. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I th really, I think the mo some of the most memorable portions of this episode for me is the very end. I remember the very end a whole bunch because it's a very classy Hank move to walk up to the guy and go, look, I was just, this was a huge misunderstanding. I didn't mean to do this for you. Um, you know, I'm sorry. And hands him his wallet back. And then you get the... Mm -hmm. You want to press charges? Hell yeah. Hell and that yeah. is also super fucking earned. You know what? That might honestly be a better favorite moment for me. Hank's hell yeah at the end. Because it's like, no, yeah. this dude chased your ass from what you and I have, have estimated at least 20 miles and threatened you with a baseball bat and is now tangentially involving your kid into this because Bobby is there. Like, no, mm -hmm. no, we're done. We're done with this shit. So... Yeah, it's it's a butane. This is an average episode, guys. It's nothing super special. It's kind of fun to see all the girls rally around Dale at the end. It's also fun to watch Dale get a new job that he's absolutely fucking terrible at, like smashing those poor French fries underneath that plate. Ugh. <laughs> I like how bad Dale is at being a waiter, but <laughs> right. I also like that he uses his powers for good. So right. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Well, I think all that's right. all to be said about this one, buddy. Why don't we move it along? Uh, you know, since we're we're you know, we're talking about some some creepy, spooky stuff lately. You know, I definitely guest starred on one yeah. of the previous podcasts talking about creepy stuff, and it's kind of fortuitous that we're coming up on this next episode, right? I I would say so. Let's uh, float on over. Like it, float on over. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And you Bless got that you. belch in there. Well, episode 234, Mark, is It Came From the Garage. Original air date, May 11th, 2008. This is written by Blake McCormick. You don't have to tell me the last time we saw him because I made fun of him for not knowing how to title a fucking episode. Uh <laughs> well, he titled this one, so He did. Up. He did. <laughs> yeah. How hard was that, dude? How hard was that? Fucking Blake. Uh, <laughs> this week's we episode. Popcorn is the better name. Calm down. It is. It is such a better fucking name. Um, <laughs> all right. This week's episode has got a cast of characters that include Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieff, Boomhauer, Joseph and Nancy Gribble, Ramon Alejandro, 
Clark Peters, Stuart Dooley, and Frank the Bat. I love that the wiki gave Frank the Bat his own little Wikipedia thing, and yet there are straight-up human characters that they don't have any explanation. Uh, synopsis for this episode... He's got a name. He's people. Hank and Bobby team up for a homemade boat regatta, which makes enemies of the guys in the alley. Um, this is this the Bat episode, guys. I really just want to call this um, Bizarro World Normal Jeans. Because okay. that's all this is. Okay. okay. It's Elaborate. the other side of the coin. So, goodbye Normal Jeans. Bobby is usurping a parent in the household, taking over all of their things, making the other parent go, yep, oh, cool. This is what it is. Okay. okay. This is just the flip side because he took the other parent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, a story characters, Hank, Bobby, B story characters, Dale, Bill, Boomhauer. It's, it's an A sub one. Um, cause it all ties in at the end, kind of, sort of tangentially, uh, notes, mm-hmm. buddy. Notes. Um, Peggy is horny for the ologies. And I think that is kind of funny, you know, sociology, also, psychology, chemistry. Oh, it's chemistry. Throws it back in. What'd you say? I said also fuck chemistry. <laughs> fuck chemistry yeah it's great um according to the state of maine bats will carry rabies however johnny all mammals can carry rabies but it's yep. best to just leave bats be don't fuck with bats they don't hurt you let them be yeah you got a weird phobia do i have a weird phobia um yeah i used to get really unco- like not phobia but I used to get really uncomfortable around chalk. Okay. So sidewalk chalk, um, blackboard chalk, all that sort of stuff. The the idea of scraping it onto something and like the sensation of it scraping and all that stuff. Thinking about it, it makes my shoulder blades tense up and tighten and gives me a pit in my stomach. It makes me super uncomfortable to think about it like i gotta move my hands and my fingers and it just gives me the icky stickies in my stomach um i can handle it now but it's just like it's in my own brain it's like my cognitions of of imagining that sensation under my fingers even if i'm not the one that's doing it oh god it just gives me the willies so it's not a phobia but it's definitely a weird thing like Okay. If I if I were 15 years older, I would have I I would be a meme that you guys are all sharing now because I would have gone on Mori and he would have chased me around with a fucking chalk monster suit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm afraid of cotton balls. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And the dude comes out covered in them, so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what we should watch is Mori. <laughs> oh, good God, no. Oh, uh, what about you, buddy? You got a phobia? Um, I am gen- genuinely uh, afraid of windows at night. Okay. Yeah, so like, you know, we're living in Palmer Lake and the mountain lion is sitting behind us on in the yard. And it was like the way that the house was shaped, like there's the, you know, the yard was level with the kitchen. So this mm-hmm. cat could have jumped through the window and gotten me. But no, like, um, the idea that somebody could be standing on the other side of that window or something, I don't know. I think it's why I'm still in the apartment I'm in because we're on the third floor. 
So I'm as high as I can be, and I know that nothing can come in through the window. It is. Okay. It's weird, yeah. Okay. All right, so bear with me here. So the f- Frank shows up, uh, descends, terror ensues. Bobby knocks over the glue. Yes. And then I wrote the line for Hank, a glue spill. Now people will think I'm a sex addict. <laughs> Not a drunk. <laughs> yeah, because it's jism. Uh, oh, I there see. are 32 see. species of bat in Texas, Johnny. Uh, there are 13, 32 just in the state of Texas. So w- when Hank is on the phone with the exterminator and he goes, I'm not looking at its belly. There are one of any 32 bat species that it could have been. But further, Johnny, there are 100, or I'm sorry, there are 1,300 species of bat globally. Okay. There is also 1.5 million bats in a colony that lives under the what, Johnny? That's right. The Ann Richards Bridge in Texas. million bats in the Ann Richards Bridge. And that is the coolest wraparound fact that I could ever get for this podcast. And I am so excited that I got to learn about bats this morning. Already (laughs) elevating this episode because I looked up a fucking thing because of King of the Hill. I know that there is no fucking way that it can be. But when Peggy starts hypnotizing Hank with the uh, grandfather clock pendulum, in my mind, that was somehow the same one from Hellenium. Oh, yeah, the one that gets kicked into the fire. There is an alternate timeline, and I believe that it is around. And Like, I think that this might be an alternate timeline. Like, okay. The clock didn't get kicked in, just somehow. Um, And then do you ever fall in, like, so Bobby kind of, like, ascends to Hankdom and just starts choring. Do you get into that cycle where you start doing chores and you can't stop doing chores? Yes, uh, it's called procrastination, and it is one of my downfalls as a student. It happens quite frequently. Interesting. Um, It makes me look like a really good housefrau. My wife gets really stoked when she can come home and I go, hey, I did this, 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 and this today. Oh, and there's three more things that I'm going to do today because I definitely don't want to write that seven-page paper. I see. (laughs) Yeah, no, I absolutely get into that that zone where I'm just like, fuck it, I'm I'm on a roll. I'm going to keep going. I've, what is my what does Bobby say? He's he's I've got momentum. Momentum, yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a legit thing. <laughs> At least with me. What about you? Oh yeah, a thousand percent. I love being a house frau. Um, like at least I will bake at least once a week. Um wash the walls every week like yeah it's great and then i start doing it and i can't stop and yeah what i do these days it's kind of nice um well talk to me about your notes because i've been talking for a goddamn minute here yeah you're good um my first note here is that it's a question why didn't hank just replace the older smaller tools like if he knows that bobby wants to do and engage this in this project with him why does he still Mm. give bobby the teeny tiny little hammer because obviously you're not going to be able to use them. Um, he can give them to them symbolically. Yes, I get that. But he doesn't. He just is, well, he kind of gives them with the expectation that, well, yep, this is what we would have used if you were a little kid. Ha ha ha. I don't know. To me, it seems like that's a perfect ex- excuse for Hank to go and dick around at the hardware store and like find out what a perfect little starter set of tools for 13 year old Bobby would be instead of five year old Bobby. So a montage cutaway of him going and replacing him every like three ish years. It, well, see, and I, well, and not even that, like 
I could just see we're missing a 20 second scene here of Dale and Bill have gone to the, the hardware store with Hank while he's getting these these new tools for Bobby because it's Bobby now is going to help them. And it's the two of them trying to convince Hank and trying to like, like you try basically trying to cut him, cut his own kid out and say, he, you really don't want to do it with him. He's a loser. You want to do your, your the whole, the, the whole float with us. Like you can get a good okay. Dale and Bill, like trying to be conniving and shitty and, and be absolute fucking children. Like they are most of this episode. You can just get a little bit more of that, which I, I think I would have enjoyed. Okay. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Um, okay, Mark, the year is 2030. It is seven years from now. Okay. Um, you somehow managed to luck yourself. I am 42 years old, Thunderclatter. (laughs) Yes. You've somehow managed to luck yourself into a decent amount of money. Not a whole shitload of money, but a decent amount of money. And, uh, rising, uh, water, uh, global warming has basically made it so that um, you now have the ocean at your doorstep. Uh, all of New Mexico has just been succumbed. Uh, you have to buy a boat. What are you naming your boat? Oh, shit. I don't know. What kind of boat is she? Any kind of boat you want, except for a schooner. You can't have a schooner. Those are called sailboats. That's a Mallrats reference. Thank you. <laughs> I just don't see it. Okay. <laughs> any any kind of boat you want that's not like a fucking like fifty billion dollar mega yacht. So it's not a mega yacht, yeah. Uh I want a sloop. Um and I would call her Fuck, what would I call her? I don't know. I can't just name a boat willy nilly, John. I'm sorry. I know okay. it's a terrible answer. Let me think about it. Let me like let me like backburner this until favorite moments, and I bet I can give you a good answer. Deal. Mine is I want a trireme because I want a bunch of other people to fucking row for me, and its name is going to be Malaka. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you and your Assassin's Creed bullshit. Uh-huh. And you love it. I don't want to hear it. Um, I already I mentioned that this is this is the other side of the coin from Goodbye Normal Jeans. This is just Bobby taking over for Hank instead of taking over for Peggy. I thought that was interesting. Um, that one I'm going to save. And here. Uh, I think Bill's balloon fear has to be from his weather balloon incident. From when he was, in fact, Santa. Santa or he was going to give children <laughs> candy. Or when he was going to get one of Dr. Dale's 45 caliber pain pills. You mean my favorite B-plot of all time where Bill <laughs> yes. reenacts three Pixar movies? Yeah, I think I remember, Johnny. <laughs> yep, because uh, they, they talk about Bill's bal- fear of balloons, and I'm like, that's th- I'm not even going to call continuity on this, because it would be con- con- continuity. Um, anybody that went through that shit for days on end like Bill did would be terrified of fucking balloons, let alone ones that are just like, you get them at the supermarket and can't lift his fat ass off the ground if there was a thousand of them. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's poor fucking Bill. I, I, that made me laugh. Um, my last one here, I did a little bit of research. Mark, are you familiar with G. Gordon Liddy? I am indeed. He is a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Did you know that Dale's story about G. Gordon Liddy eating a rat is actually true? 
I did indeed. G. Gordon yeah. Liddy is a fucking psychopath. Yeah. When he was a kid, he was afraid of rats and he lived by a dock. And so he would go to the dock and try and desensitize himself. But unfortunately for him, rats are very good fucking swimmers and it scared the shit out of him. So apparently, and this is according to Newsweek, when he did an interview with them or somebody, um, he, let's see, his sister's cat killed one that was, it, it was really fresh, I guess. And he recalled that certain American Indian tribes used to consume the heart of an enemy that they considered to be courageous to overcome the fear of that tribe. And so he ate that rat in reference to American Indians. G. Gordon Liddy is fucking insane. Was fucking insane. Yes. He's dead. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, no. Bad shit. <laughs> uh, there's like the stories of him like teaching himself to resist interrogation by just burning himself to the bone. And it's like, what is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. Um, Horrible I love human that, being. Yes. I love that this is one of the most insane things that Dale has ever suggested Hank do, like eating a bat, because that's what, like, of course, that this is what's going to get you over the fear. I know that this this person did it from the government. And it's actually fucking true. Like, how perfect is that? That's you. It makes me very happy. Um, Are you, that's okay? Got... So let me let me ask you. Let me. So we're, we're um, just because Peggy's so psychology. Because Peggy becomes Britta this episode, and I want yes. to talk to you about psychology. I want I want your therapizing angle here. Uh, is immersion therapy ever a good idea, or is it traumatic as shit and not a good idea? Yes and no. Yes and no. So there are schools of thought about it. And it's, it's, it's not, I don't think it's quite so called immersion therapy as it is called desensitization. And there are different ways of doing it. And there definitely are ways that, yep, in a controlled environment, you can make this work. You can desensitize yourself to some of these stimuli. Um, there is a huge big thing that that's associated with PTSD and trauma victims called EMDR. Uh, and it's a desensitization technique that involves tapping and physical sensations and signals that you do in your hands that tricks your brain chemistry into doing a bunch of crazy shit. And you're you're reliving the, emo the moment and then rewriting it like you're re-encoding over it so that whenever you experience that moment, you're no longer feeling the physical symptoms of the PTSD or like the anxiety, all the crazy shit that's happening. So there are ways okay. of, of getting over this and desensitizing yourself to things. Um, but straight up immersion therapy, like throwing a kid into a fucking tank of snakes if they're terrified of snakes. Yeah, that I don't think that's ever been clinically helpful for anyone. That just reinforces way heavy, heavier shit. Okay, okay. Yeah. But a huge piece of this is you have to, you have to like give the person who is trying to overcome said fear or phobia, you have to give them the control at a certain point. And so Dale's idea of, hey, we're going to chain you here and unleash a bunch of fucking gnats around your head and just let you get dive bombed by a bunch of fucking bats. Not his idea. And it's a terrible fucking thing to do to somebody. It's not going to help. <laughs> okay. This has been Therapist Johnny's five minutes of the week. Anyway, uh, I didn't tell you. I'm, that's That was the end of my notes. My bad, dude. Uh, pros. You got pros for me. Uh, Bobby wants to build the boat. Hank literally runs to tell the guys about it, and that's adorable. He mm -hmm. literally he literally sprints out of the house, and I think that's the cutest goddamn thing in the world. Yeah. Um, prostitutes. <laughs> 
Oh, that shouldn't be a pro, but it's a great way to fucking describe that, is it not? Dude, I am. I hate to sound the oldest I have ever sounded, but oh my god, these kids today, they're they're it, it is inappropriate. God damn. Um the bat figurehead. I oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now the one that's rendered or the one they actually have? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> This is our concept drawing. It's a battleship with a giant fucking bat. And then yes. a couple scenes later, you get giant bat head. They're it's the Dracula 5000, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Bill should be afraid of balloons. You already hit that. Uh, yes. Give me your pros, buddy. Um. I love that their winning regatta thing for the last or the previous year, or at least the one he's most proud of, is a cowboy's helmet. That is very yes. on point for all of the guys to enjoy doing. Uh, you hit prostatots already. That is one of the funniest and most accurate things that Nancy has ever said. And unfortunately, it's even more poignant now because it's only gotten worse. It's also um, very newsy. Like, it sounds like a yes. word she would use, like, in a puff piece, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, Hank holding the garage door shut and Bobby being stuck in the garage. So I know that mm. you're a fan. No, maybe not a fan, but no, you're a fan. You're a fan of The Office, right, Mark? We've talked about this before. Yeah, we talked about it just sure. a couple weeks ago. I get some serious Meredith with the bat vibes from that moment. Like, it's the same sort of cringy feeling of, I'm going to get the bat, and I, you've got the bag over Meredith's head and... and she is freaking the fuck out and all this sort of stuff. It's that's what I get from Hank intentionally holding Bobby in the garage with the bat. I, it's hard for me to separate the two of them because I want, I, yeah. I know I shouldn't be laughing, but I want to laugh. Um, my last pro here. And it's funny watching people panic. I'm sorry. I don't care. No, it's... it is. It is. Um, my last one here though is, and you brought this up already with the grandfather clock and it just it's Peggy's busted ass psychotherapy has me rolling because she somehow <laughs> thinks that making Hank do 10 seconds of watching a pendulum and he's going to start talking about breastfeeding with his mother. That's some Freudian <laughs> bullshit right there. <laughs> okay. Also tag in hypnotherapy. Yay or nay. Yay. It's, it's actually, it will absolutely actually work. Yeah, I I gotta believe it because without it, like, UFO abduction stories don't exist, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Hypnotherapy, I mean, it's 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 like another modality and a whole bunch of other stuff, and hypno it's, it's not what you see on TV. You're not going to go into a trance, and you're not going to do this, but you are going to find yourself, like, like, the physical sensations in your body are going to be lessened, like your defenses are going to be lowered because of the mood that you're being put into. So things are much more like it feels much more comfortable to disclose them when you're in a, in the, in a mm -hmm. scenario like that. So it definitely has its place there. It's not a modality I've ever had any interest in, in like going for, but I definitely think it's got its uses. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, were those all your pros, buddy? Yeah, those that was all my pros, man. Yeah. Uh you got cons for me? I got some cons. I got some cons. This is a callback to uh single plastic female. My first ever awarding of the blue flame of valor. 
Uh, in that episode, I took umbrage with the fact that head or that Hank murders head on his table saw. Cool, and he didn't do what? That's right, Johnny. Use a guard. And this yep. week, when Hank is cutting the two by four, number one tells Bobby to catch a. You don't catch those. I'm sorry. Like that's a good way to like get caught in a saw and break a nose, especially when you're yeah. eye level with the fucking saw, like Bobby is. Either way, um, <laughs> but Hank is also not using a guard this time. Just pushing that wood on in, and shame on you, Hank. You ought to know better. You were a shop teacher for Christ's sake. Yeah, we also throws it in there at, like an angle and a bunch of other crazy shit. I I took some umbrage with that. Yeah, Hank's saw technique is very poorly represented. Bad boy, Blake. Bad boy. Um, I wrote a joke about do I have a controlling personality, but at this point I've had two scotches and I'm too vulnerable for you to answer unless you just want to answer anyway. Absolutely. I'm sorry. One of us has. One of us has to be. It's not a bad thing, Mark. <laughs> one of us fucking has to be, otherwise shit wouldn't get done. And I'm too fucking lazy to do it. So there you go. Good enough. <laughs> uh, this is bad, right? <laughs> All right. This is badly written, Bobby. I don't like Bobby. Um, I kind of like him. He has his moments. There's good and bad. I don't know. The duality of Bob, I guess. But, like, I don't care for the bits like, you know, chatty Bobby and how come your goggles aren't fogging up? And, like, has he never done anything with Hank? Like, right. I don't know. Um, he ought to know his dad better. I just, I guess is my problem is like, he doesn't read the room enough. You know, he, you know, I'm really excited about this. Oh, what? Turn off the saw, huh? Why don't you stand over there? Like literally it's just bad. But then I like okay. the, little, uh, the other little bits too of like, I like Bobby being a scared kid on the raft. That's good. Like I like him being proud of his work and then getting too into a thing and forgetting how to do it right. And that's really okay. good. It's just, I don't know. Bobby is really hot and cold for me this episode and i don't know how i feel about it um once again please stop reading my script when i say that g gordon liddy is fucking insane (laughs) (laughs) and then final note here other than plot how the fuck did those kids get to the river which i have no idea Uh. where it is but we've never seen it like that close before how did they get there and then how the hell did they tow the raft that's every time i watch this episode i have that exact same con it's my it's in in my notes as well and it's how the fuck other other than the the plot yeah yeah (laughs) so okay okay um i'm gonna jump into my cons because there's not a lot here uh and we've covered a couple here the first one here and i wrote this before i kind of realized what was going on uh, but it's, I get the sneaky suspicion we've seen this episode structure before. And yeah, we did in Goodbye Normal Jeans. And then I figured it out and went, well, now this kind of seems less fun and less cute. Um, eh, it's, it's fine. You I know guess what? You, re- you know what? We also kind of, also kind of, um, 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 decline and fall of Peggy Hill when Bobby's just raising GH. Yeah. Like we've seen Bobby inherit this role a lot. Yeah. So, eh, it's. I mean, I'm gonna get over it. We're almost done with it. I if we see another one in here, I'd be I'd be surprised, but not that surprised because they like to recycle. So is what it is. Um, Bobby seems overly cruel with the pegboard bit, right? Where Hank is is looking the, and you get the like, no, not my saw, not my needle nose pliers, oh, and he shuts the door on him. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the point of that scene is. 
other than Bobby being cruel. Because there's no reason for him to do it. He doesn't really care that much about it. He's not going... Like, he, does he... What does he expect? That that Frank the Bat is going to live there for 20 years? Or at least until he's done with high school? But Bobby just gets to... He gets to enjoy the garage. That's now his space. Because no one is ever going to be able to get rid of that bat. The second that bat's gone, Hank is coming in there and kicking his ass. Everything's going back to the way it's supposed to be. Also, once again, talking about rehashes and shit. Once again, Bobby is befriending a pest animal, just like in To Kill a Ladybird <laughs> when he made Thank good you. with Bandit the Raccoon. <laughs> yeah. But I don't like it. So the, the fact that he wants to do all this shit and he does it just to kind of get under Hank's skin, I'm like, this is this is a little too much, little too much for me. Um, my last con that we can do here is the idea of being chained to a couple of trees. Not a huge problem. Having bats fly around me, not a huge problem. My biggest problem with what Dale and Bill want to do with Hank is that they're going to release a giant cloud of gnats around him and not give him his hands free to swat them away. Because I don't know about you, I freak the fuck out whenever I'm breathing around little tiny, like, isms because I really don't want them to go in my eyes and in my nose and in my ears and in my mouth. And if I don't have any way to cover my mouth, nose, eyes, ears, when all of these things are swarming me for what has to be at least be a half an hour, I'm going to lose my shit. Like yeah. that's going to drive me way more crazy than any fucking bat ever would. So huge con there. That made me feel uncomfortable. The idea that they're just going to okay. unleash a, a giant fucking echo kill domes worth of, of bugs around Hank's head. And they're just going to hover there for a half an hour. Fuck that. All right, cool. Yes. Anyway, um, favorite moment, anyway. buddy. Uh, sleepy bat yawn, and I got it twice. Mm. I, <laughs> Amanda's getting really into uh, bats. It's Okay. I'm not going to say annoying, but she definitely sends me a lot more bat TikToks than she does cat TikToks, and they're always well. sleepy, and they're always yawning, and I will be honest... Bats are fucking adorable. I can't. I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm into them. Like she had one that was hanging out by her work, like right on her door um, for about two weeks this year. And every morning I would get little sleepy bat picture just right by Aww. the uh, key sensor. Yeah. Precious. I love bats, um, but sleepy bat yawn. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, I've got two here. Uh, I love that Dale refers to them as neck knobblers. That's the best way and the only way I ever want to hear anybody can like talk about a bat forever for the rest of eternity. They're neck knobblers because that's adorable. That's racist. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Considering that like almost all of them are, are vegetarians or like 1300 like, species like vampire bats are the smallest, uh, you know, thing. Right. Um, but my last one is Bobby's story at the end of it that he's telling to, to Bill and to Boomhauer and to Dale. And he's talking about how a million bats exploded out of this. And my dad was cool the whole time. It, his, yeah. like he get he puts so much passion behind the story that I'm like, okay, this is a good Hank and Bobby ending. Like Bobby giving the passion to the story means that they're cool in the end. They learned it. It is what it is. Yeah, I so. like that a lot. Yeah, I like Bobby yeah. being into Good it ending. too. Like Hank, Hank is really redeemed. You know, I guess so. In this case, the immersion does work, but mm -hmm. 
And then that little cutaway, like at the end there, and there's the bat flying around, and Hank just, it's good. It's pretty good. Right. All right. What do you What do you rate her, bud? Um. So I look at my uh, my thing here, and I didn't actually give it a rating because apparently I forgot oh. to type that part of my notes. <coughs> oh Jesus Christ! <coughs> oh God! I'm okay. Just inhaled right. a bunch of beer and spit. We're good. <coughs> Guys, Czechoslovakia. Like uh, Czech Republic Budweiser, not Czechoslovakia. Excuse me. Czech Republic Budweiser is good, but fuck, goes down the wrong hole. Um. Yeah, most wow. of the most of the Czech documentary videos I've watched have showcased how it often goes down the wrong hole, but they still make it the right hole. <laughs> fuck you, buddy. Fuck you very much. Um, just like if I have to reminisce and give a rating off the fly here, this is a butane, maybe a buking, but more than likely it's a butane. Then I'm going to mark you as a butane. Mark me as a butane. I'm, I'm happy to, to call it that. This is a watchable episode. I like the like tiki thing in the end. I like uh, Ramon and Joseph doing the stupid, weird fucking dance when Bobby is actually potentially going to die. Um, and they're just like jumping around like Bobby idiots. Is, at no, their feet. he'll he'll be fine. He is a really good swimmer. I don't know, dude. Like, per Mitch the pig. I eh, yeah, but river swimming is real fucked up and really hard. And I don't know. Oh, Coming as somebody not. who, uh, well, I've not I don't big know. fucking lazy river in Texas. It's big enough to host a regatta. The, the way I look at it, buddy, is uh, in the within the last five years, I definitely know that there are kids that have died in in things that are much smaller and and stature than this river near me. So I don't know. Um, uh, okay. I also Fair look enough. at Bobby as a husky kid that I feel like he's got a burst of energy when it comes to swimming, but he's not going to be able to do it in the long run, and that's a big fucking river. Um. Anyway, it's a it's a butane to me. Like it's got its funny moments. It's got its like why is this here moments. It's it's a the flip side of an episode we've already fucking seen. So that feels kind of lazy to me. But at the same time, like eh, whatever. At least you're exploring the other side of it. Like why the hell not? So yeah, it's butane. It's okay. watchable. What about you? Uh, I give it a Char King. I really like this episode. Mm. Um, I think it's got a good premise. There's actual growth out of characters. Um, especially Hank and Bobby, they're really good. Um, I kind of like Peggy's weird B plot of just reading, and then she just ends up getting wrapped up in romance novels. Yeah. Also, side note that I didn't call out. Um, I imagine that Nancy is a big fan of these because Dale has a backlog of them. Yes, because Dale, is, we know so, canonically that Dale loves romance novels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So post, you know, Nancy Boys when she picks red when she picks Dale over Red Corn for the first of what, six times. Um she probably, you know, had to supplement some of the horny by reading these romance novels and oh my god, thank God Dale has a bunch. There it is, Shug. But now she gotta start buying her own. Um no, I really like this one. I'll put it on again. I, I like it so much I will actually put it on this is the first one I can say in a long time that I'll watch. Yeah, uh, like I will go out of my you would way seek out. to select this one. Yeah. 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 Like this is it Bill Bulk and the body buddies. This has its moments. And a huge piece of this is the weird little rivalry between Hank and the rest of the guys in the alley. Um, those moments, like you said, the, the, the bat figurehead and like all of that shit, that is hilarious. That alone is worth watching. 
Yeah, I just I like it. There, this is an endearing episode. Um, I don't I don't know. It's it's really good. Anyway. Yeah, historically, you and I love a good Hank and Bobby team up, especially when they can grow together. And this is one of those. So, hey, yeah. at least we know we're consistent. Anyway, Johnny, we need to get out of here, buddy. We need to flap on out of this tunnel. But before we do that, I got one real important question for you. Lay it on me, buddy. Do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, after almost 12 seasons, 12 full seasons, I can still affectionately say I love King of the Hill. What about you, bud? I like King of the Hill like I like a sleepy little bat yawn. I am into it. Well, hot damn. <laughs> you want to oh, tell man. those good people where they can find us I would love to guys you can always reach out to the Dangle podcast we are on Twitter we're on Instagram we're on Facebook we got a group there we're uh, all at Dangle podcast if you want to catch us on Gmail and you want to drop us a line there we're danglepodcast at gmail.com uh, you can always reach out to me I am Krautball on Instagram Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, I did recently get to guest star on another High Hammock production. Uh, I can't wait to show my kids. Uh, it's a weekly cinematic podcast that Mark and our good buddy Brad gets to do, and they talk about really cool movies that maybe one of them has missed and maybe one of them really loves, and and when, if ever, they should show it to their kids. Uh, I got to talk about John Carpenter's The Thing for almost two straight hours, and let me tell you guys, it's been the highlight of my October so far. Uh, but Mark, where Aww, can these guys thanks, find buddy. you? I, I hope, sorry I didn't take your, I took your thunder there for a second, but I know you got at least one more in the chamber for me. Yeah, how dare you steal one of my two thunders? Oh my God, you asshat. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, number one, again, thank you for being there. You were a lot of fun and I was, we were super glad to have you. Also, you, we put our, you know what our schedule looks like. Anything you want to be on, just say, hey, I want to be on this and we'll work around you. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, also, you can work around me at the Two Wizards podcast, uh, where me and our buddy Josh, uh, well, we stare into that void so you don't have to. I think this week we're covering forests, I want to say. And I know how dumb that sounds, but Johnny, you're goddamn right. The uh, uh, Der Schwarzwalder makes the an appearance. Yeah, yeah, it shows up. I said I said Walder as in the Simpsons writer. That's my bad. <laughs> um, but also find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. And come talk to us. And above all, thank you for being here, guys. Um, you know that we love you all, every one of you. And reach out. We're almost done. What do you guys want? We, we have one season left, effectively. Next week uh, is the end of season 13. 12 into 13. So that means we have, what, six weeks, really, post this episode left? So please yeah. let us know what you want to hear. Uh, new year, new cast out of Mark and Johnny. What do you guys want? Let us know. We have a running tally. Uh, we are open to suggestions anyway. My name is Mark, and I'm a propane wizard. Johnny, I love you, buddy. Thank you for being here. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, guys. Good night. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>